Hello and thank you for listening to episode 430 of 60MW. I'm Dave and this is another of our Soundcheck interview shows. The shows where it is my absolute pleasure to chat with people from within the music world who I am a fan of and have been a fan of for many years, which is certainly the case in this show with Ronnie Atkins. He's here to talk about his latest album, Make It Count, which was released on the 18th of March from Frontiers Records. Again, a record label that if you listen to these shows and the Sound Check Em Out shows, you'd have heard me uh, mention many times and hopefully many more times in the future. Ronnie, if you're not familiar with him, well, you've got a lot of music to catch up with. Lucky, lucky you. Going back to the 80s with Pretty Maids, forward with Nordic Union. You'll hear me on this interview show declare my love of the song Because of Us, which is incredible. Uh, the whole, well, everything from Nordic Union is great. It was uh, Ronnie and Eric Martinson, which, if you haven't already listened to my show with Eric as well, there's another one that you can go back and listen to, another Soundcheck interview show. Uh, this is Ronnie's second solo album. His previous album, One Shot, of course, is uh, it's amazing. You'll hear me. You know the score with these by now. With the Soundcheck interview shows and the normal interview shows, I keep saying it, and it is, they're just shows where I talk to people whose work I really love. Then the guest knows, and you as a listener, you know my enthusiasm, my excitement, it's all genuine, and it hopefully it comes through in these shows. So it's a pleasure to chat with Ronnie about this new album. Uh, Ronnie, if you didn't know as well, uh, a little bit of history, because we do touch on this, he was diagnosed with lung cancer back in 2019, um, of course, when, you know, he's writing the One Shot album. This unfortunately returned in 2021 in stage four. And you'll hear him mention how he is uh, just currently living his life just three months at a time and can't plan any further in advance than that. I have fingers, toes and everything that could be physically crossed, crossed that Ronnie is with us for many, many more years to come and keeps releasing some awesome music, which he has done for close to 40 years now. So let's carry on again. You don't want to listen to me. You want to listen to Ronnie. The show as well is also available on our YouTube uh, channel. So if you want to watch us have a chat, you can have uh, have a look at us on there. Subscribe while you're there. Hopefully you're subscribed to these shows too. So let's move on with me and Ronnie Atkins having a talk about his latest album. Ronnie, thank you for giving me some time today. It's uh, it's an absolute pleasure being able to have a chat with you, having, having listened to your music for so many years. So thank you very much. It's nice to be here, Dave. Nice to be here. Well, of course, we're here. We're going to have a chat about Make It Count, your upcoming album that's released mm. on March the 18th. But if yeah. it's all right with you, Ronnie... I'd like to uh, I'd like to begin by spending a little bit of time in the 1980s because mm. we're both the same age. We you know we that were pop culture references are the same. Albums were coming out when we were the same age. Obviously, mm. I was buying the albums. You were making them as well because the 80s is the beginning of Pretty Maids. Loads of other incredible rock bands that I'm so glad are still making music and are out there. What was what was the nineteen eighties like for you? What pops to your mind when you think of that decade? Booze and alcohol. I mean, it is it. That's the problem. <laughs> I can't remember the eighties. <laughs> no, it was it was a good time. I mean, you know, pretty much started in uh, eighty one, eighty two, and uh, you know, we were just a couple of punks that uh, you know were 
played music together and stuff like that, you know, for, for the fun of it. And and we, we had a goal, you know, to get get signed to a record, you know, get a record deal and go out and tour and everything. And, uh, and for some reason, we just, uh, I think we came in at the right time because in, in the early, like 83, 84, you know, MTV came along and, yeah. and Heart Rock and Heavy Metal was... Um, um, the, the top of the pops. I mean, it was it was on mainstream radio and mm. on television and stuff like that, you know. But uh, but it was like you know one thing to the other. You know, we got signed to we had a record deal actually with a with a, a record company, a little record company called Bullet Bullet Records from up in Stoke on Trent, and um, and then we would CBS Records took over later on, and uh, we we just basically the eighties we carried out our childhood dreams, you know, because when I was a kid, I, I went off watched my first. The sweet concert, you know. I, oh, I was wow. 10, 11 years, man. I just wanted to be Brian Connolly, you know. Oh, yeah. I just wanted, wanted to be those guys. Remember, I had papers, I was drawing them. I was a huge fan of glam rock to begin with, you know. And then suddenly in the 80s, we, um, we pretty, uh, after we got signed, we, we had some good connections to a friend of ours, and we got a, went on the Black Sabbath tour when Ian Gillen was in the band. And that was our first touch of stardom, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, later on, we uh, actually Ian Gillen got us on, on the BBC Friday Night Rock show with Tony Wilson back then. And yeah, that started yeah. something. And then we toured with Saxon and uh, Judas Priest and Rainbow up to the 80s. And, and the 80s was was our heyday. We had we had some really successful albums uh, in talking about Pretty Mates, albums like Red Hot and Heavy, uh, Future World, Jump the Gun, you know, they are the, for a lot of fans, it's the milestones of our career, you know, and, and the 80s was, as I said before, uh, hard rock and heavy metal and also the, the hair metal bands and what was really on a roll back then, you know, it was commercial and we sold a hell of a lot of records, you know, but we did yeah. a hell of a lot, uh, a hell of a bad record deal, you know, so it's not really that you can see it on my bank account, but uh, oh, no. we had a hell of a lot of fun. That's for sure, you know, because I mean, suddenly we were out there having our own coach, our own tour bus, and stuff like that, and, and hanging out with um, Ian Gill and Tony Iommi, Richard Blackmore. We talked with Deep Purple as well in '87, you know, yeah. and they were super nice guys and played football every city we came to with Richard Blackmore <laughs> and stuff. And I was a huge Purple fan, you know, so it was a it was a wonderful time. And then the then the grunge came along oh, in the beginning yeah. of the nineties, and and we all died more or less, you know. Yeah. So, so it was uh, it was an uphill climbing through the nineties because there were so many subgenres and stuff like that. It was like the scene changed constantly. Yeah. And there was grunge, there was a Britpop, then it was new metal and you know, really hardcore shit and stuff like that. And we were still this melodic rock, hard rock, heavy metal band, you know. But we stuck we stuck to our roots actually. Yeah. And, and I think later on it, it kind of paid off. In fact, talking about Pretty Mates, I think everything we've done since 2010 and onwards until the last album in 2019, I think we, we, we kept a high level. And, Definitely. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy for, for all for the albums. And we kind of reinvented ourselves and, and uh, started writing really good songs again, stuff like that. So it's been, it, was a, it was a good run. Well, I, we had that's... I remember the 80s just, just it was... It was parties. I mean, parties the key word for, for the 80s somehow, you know. It was just like that. We lived it, the dream. Oh, that, that's good to hear because I, I both myself and, and everybody, all the listeners, I'm sure, that lived through that decade, think so fondly of it. It was such an incredible decade. And I know that, you know, people older than us, and they talk about the 60s like that, and that was such an incredible decade. I guess it's, you know, depending what age you were as you went through it. But I think for, for music, and especially rock music, 
Mm. It was it was just so wild. And I vividly remember when grunge music came in and it just killed all the music that I'd loved for the last decade. But it was, you know, it was a great time. I mean, I was 17 when it all started, you know. And in fact, I'm still 17, at least up here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> So it's kind of 40th, 40th anniversary up here. Wow. <laughs> No, it was good times. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the grunge came along. Yeah, I remember the first time I heard um uh, I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit on an American radio station. And I said, What the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, and I was, I was actually I gotta say I was, t- I was totally hooked on it to begin with. I thought there was so much raw energy. Yeah. And it, you know, and 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 I guess it was a bit like uh, I mean, bands like Purple and Sabbath Modest must have felt the same thing when, when a band like the Sex Pistols came yeah, along in yeah. 75, 76, you know, it's basically the same thing, you know, because sometimes there just has to be a musical revolt somehow, you know, we, we it's just going to happen. But, but, but then that what came with it, when it was, it was, I think, grunge was that, was that was a lot of good i mean super unknown by Soundgarden is a great album you know and the first pearl jam and stuff like but i got fed up with it because it was so um introvert you know and yeah and it was it was everything quite the opposite of partying for me coming out right. of the 80s you know yeah. so i think it also sort of said, and they all committed suicide for some reason i mean and you know and uh it was just a little depressed at the end yeah of the yeah, that was the, the oh, big difference. Well, just one of the big differences was the music was, you know, all through the 80s and the rock bands, it was all feel good and all good messages. And then this came out and it was all And was I missed that and... a lot of times. I missed that, you know, up to the 90s, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but... one, of, one, of the, one of the things I loved about your music all the way through your career, Ronnie, is you've, you've always delivered, and I've talked about it many times on these shows, I love with rock music, I like stuff with awesome vocals, you take the box, definitely. Great melodies, great guitar sound, good drums, good production. And every album that you've been involved with, you tick every box. So that, you know, and that consistency through. I know, and uh, and again, listeners know that, you know, and we said before recording, I just do shows with people whose work I really love. So this is really true when I say I know that when you're involved in an album, I'm going to really enjoy it. So thank you for all that music and, you know, and the upcoming album that people should definitely pre-order. So, I think we've been, I mean, in Pretty Mace, we were pretty consistent, you know, but but because, I mean, the most important thing for us were, were and, and for me too, it was always, uh, it had to be good songs, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, at, at times we also tried to kind of update ourselves with oh, whatever, yeah, yeah. There's the progression whatever was going on, yeah. but we never really succeeded, you know, because it always ended up sounding like Pretty Mace whatsoever. <laughs> but the thing is that, you know, it's my voice cannot be grunge. You know, my voice cannot yeah. be new metal or you know whatever. You know, I sound like I do. You know, yeah. and if people listen to my voice, people will say, "Well, that sounds like pretty mace." Whatever I do, whether I do Nordic Union or I do my old stuff, people. Some people will say, "Well, that sounds like pretty mace." Yes, because I was the voice in that band for forty yeah. years, uh, and and I guess I still am. But but um, we always try to be uh, to write good songs, and that that, that was the key thing for us. Uh, to do that because i know with your songwriting i know that you know you'd like to keep an eye on world events and and that comes through in your lyrics mm-hmm. and obviously there's been quite a lot happening over the last few years that have influenced your lyrics uh the last two weeks well <laughs> yeah and you know you've been going through your personal stuff which i can't even begin to imagine and so when you were writing of course when you were writing one shot 
the previous album before the upcoming Make It Count, uh, it wasn't long since your diagnosis with cancer. And how how do you, how do you compartmentalize everything that's been going on with, with you and all the health issues and so on, everything that's been happening in the world? How do you, how do you just put that into different pieces and carry on and, and, and write the lyrics without going? I, I don't know if I could cope with with everything in the world and everything that you you know you're still going through personally well i mean we're talking about one shot you know it's the first song album right uh mm. that, that was recorded in, in the spring and so on 2020 which was actually more or less straight after i had a stage four cancer diagnosis yeah. you know i just got to say before i say anything more i feel good today and excellent my cancer disease i just had good results from the doctors so thank god uh but when i did that when i wrote the, these songs because i I used my music, the writing music and writing lyrics as some kind of therapy hmm. with myself instead of talking to a psychologist. I tried to talk to a psychologist, but, uh, but I used it, used it to keep myself occupied with something positive. You know, that, that, that's what I, that was the whole intention. That, that's what I did. It just came natural because I am a songwriter whatsoever. I always did that. And, um, and of course, some of the lyrics are very uh, personal, uh, reflecting and melancholic, so to speak. Uh, officially for a reason. And um, in fact, I did one song called Carry Me Over, which was the very first song I actually did. It didn't end up on the One Shot album, but it came out on an acoustic album last fall called Four More Shots. I didn't want yeah. to put it on the album because I, when I listened to the lyrics, uh, this, I like the song. It's, it's a nice ballad, uh, acoustic ballad, but the words were written when I was totally in pit you know when i was it was written in my darkest hour and there's so much grief and um shock and you know in those words and and it reflects on some of the lyrics on one shot and uh, make it count as well because yeah. that that was the the state i was in when i when i when i wrote these lyrics but in particularly in doing the first album the second album when we did was done the same way that we actually did um I wrote a song, sent it up to Stockholm. They did a demo of it. Chris Laney, my producer, did a demo. And, and I did the lyrics to make sure that uh, that the lyrics were there so they could finish it. If I should die, you know, I don't yeah. want to sound like a drama queen, but that that was the yeah, yeah. that was my reality, in particularly in 2020, 2021 mm -hmm. as well. But in 2020, I was in panic. So um, it, it really is from the heart, you know, uh, what I'm writing about. Um, but at the same time, I tried to... You know, to keep um, you know, to to squeeze in some kind of positive twist to it. You know that even though there's nothing is so bad that there's not somehow a way out. I mean, basically, what I'm trying to say that there were two paths I could go by. Right, I could sit down and feel sorry for myself. I said that in numerous interviews, but mm. I could sit down and feel sorry for myself, or I could say, no fucking way, man. Yeah. I want to get these songs out of my system, and and I want to I want to do something. I got to work. I I I, I, I won't surrender. You know, to the disease, and I've been so fortunate that I wasn't—I wasn't really, really, really sick from the radiation and the chemo. I had my downs, of course, and I also yeah. had immune therapy for two years, and uh, and that made issues now and then. But but I've seen people being really sick. My own mother died of cancer, mm -hmm. exactly the same cancer as I have, actually, lung cancer that spread to the bones. But this was in '88. Today, they're they're much more ahead of yeah. it, you know, yeah. fortunately. And so I know how how sick people can be. But I just try to, you know, uh, uh, like be an example and, and show the people that uh, I still got something to offer. 
And that's what I've been doing with these two albums. And and I, I had a hell of a lot of fantastic response, uh, and a lot of love and sweet messages and advice and stuff from, from fans from all around the world on the social medias. And also people that write to me that, thank you, Ronnie, you really inspire us by doing what you do and stuff like that. And if I do that, hey man, then I'm happy because that just means a lot to me. So it's been definitely been two albums that are, as I said, much more reflecting, personal and melancholic. Because it's my solo albums, I can write about it. Uh, I couldn't do this this on a Pretty Mates album because in Pretty Mates I represent a band, you know. Uh, But this is easier for me because a lot of times it's also the vibe of the song that kind of decides what direction the lyrics are going to go. And in fact, it was so much at some point times I, I... I, I've got to get away from this topic, you know, about me, myself and I, you know, and how I feel, uh, because I don't want it to be a funeral record, you know, so I had to find other topics to write about. And, and there's a lot, a lot of shit going on in the world anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On the first album, Before the Rise of an Empire, was about uh, what happened in, in Belarus, you know, and uh, stuff like Picture Yourself was about... Um, all the racial segregation, all the shit that went on in America at the time, you know? So, um, but definitely my personal issues and situation has, has a big impact on these two albums for sure. And your musical influences as well, that will feed into your songwriting because I know, I know one bands that you really love and I do as well. They were the first band, Ronnie, that I really got into in a big way in the seventies. And that was ABBA. I was obsessed with ABBA. I went to the cinema. I went to the cinema three times to see ABBA the movie. I was just, oh my god, these are so good. And I know you're a big fan of ABBA. You know, I mean, there's music that's timeless as well. You know what? I'll tell you something. Uh, my siblings are between uh, nine and twelve years older than me, or ten or thirteen years older than me. And and I grew up with a lot of the music from the late sixties and and the seventies, of course. Mm. And I heard it from there record players and stuff like that and there was a lot of Beatles a lot of late 60s psychedelic and and Bee Gees and all that kind of stuff and Abbott up through the 70s I mean listen it's some of the best pop songs ever written I'm a huge Abbott fan that's not a secret and so it was like this when 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 I got into metal and stuff like that and um when when people came to visit my room when I was living at my parents flat uh, I had all these uh, hard rock albums and so all my friends the same thing right but, and in there somewhere between when they came and visited I had to hide away my Bee Gees and other records you know <laughs> because I didn't want them to see them but um, no I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Abba fan and, and the great thing here is that if you take a song like Make It Count the title track on the new album which is probably I think one of the best songs I've ever written you know but I actually wrote it uh, it was written as a piano ballad kind of you know the, okay. the, the intro riff I had for a long time actually for years actually but i never used it i never presented it to pretty mates uh and actually i sent it up to chris you know and chris chris and me chris laney the producer we're on the same page you know and he's a huge abba fan too in fact he worked at the polar studios where polar studios where abba recorded uh all their music more or less you know and uh, so he sent me back this arrangement where it it suddenly went almost kind of late 70s disco (laughs) and he said what do you think i said are you crazy man i was like i was blown away because they were so good and then should we go for this yeah fucking let's go for it you know let's go let's go all abba on it you know and we actually managed to get lasa velanda 
the guitarist from ABBA who played on all ABBA records from Arrival uh, up until the last one, actually. Yeah. He heard the song and he said, it's a great song. You know, you love the song? And, and uh, I said, yeah, I'll do the solo and the guitar, some of the guitar stuff on it. And he did. So I can, I got that one off my bucket list. Now That's I can good. say that I got an ABBA musician <laughs> on my album and that is fantastic, you know. Thanks to Chris. That is awesome. I've got to admit, that is really, really awesome. I mean, it's kind of funny, you know, because I remember when I was a you know, 10, 11 year old punk man, I was totally amazed by Abba. You know? oh, yeah. and, and I grew up with those, those guys. And, uh, and, and if you listen to the songs, I mean, I know hard rock bands, uh, some hard rock bands has covered their songs, you know, like uh, there's a German band called, called Bands, uh, who's a friend of mine from, from the Aventasia Project, that I'm part of a guy called Oliver Hartman. He's, a, uh, he's singing on that one. It's a great version. The winner takes it all. and But the songs invite to it because they're big, oh, yeah. they're huge, they're epic, you know, a lot of their stuff. And Pretty Mates, we actually talked about covering SOS a lot of times, but we never managed to do it. Oh, wow. That, but I love that song. Yeah. And I never get fed up with these songs. It's just oh, great. No. It's like Eagle is my favorite ABBA song. Oh, and man. Hey, that I is, talk uh, about that one too. That's one of my favorites as well. The vibe of that, the atmosphere of that song is so fucking great oh yeah and the way that you said it fits in you know it can fit in easily with with heavy rock and heavy metal it's because um sergeant fury did a cover of it and it's oh. an incredible rock version of yeah. eagle you listen to it, and, you think, and, it and it just shows how it can all meld together this you know the the pop music and the rock music how it all goes together i went i've got to admit when i knew that our interview was on I went down a rabbit hole on YouTube, as you can these days, and I was watching. I was watching old Pretty Made um, videos, okay. and, and I went back, obviously, to the eighties with with like Future World and Waiting for the Time and, and and loads of others. Because I know it's just a few days ago, isn't it, that you recorded the the new music video for the upcoming album. Am I right in saying that? It was just a few days like, ago uh, for Make It Count, right? Yeah, no, yeah. No, for Brandon, actually, just did some videos for. A video for a new single called uh, "Hurt Myself by Hurting You," mm. which will come out next week. It, it's kind of, yeah, it's just me actually, <laughs> because I mean, and that's like well, most of the videos are just me because the band's living in Stockholm uh, or spread yeah. around Stockholm and Denmark, so it's not easy to just gather people, you know. But I promised uh, the record company video, so it's, again, it's just another me video standing for stage you know it's a bit of boring but and i fucking hate doing videos about do you it. really what is what is it that you hate doing about them well i just i just don't like um i'm, I'm not an actor man. i'm i'm a musician i like being on stage i love that you know being in front of a crowd but, but standing there posing and stuff like i hate photo sessions as well i always did so but it's just like uh, what i call a necessary evil you know mm. um I know a lot of people that don't like shooting videos. I mean, if I if I got a whole band there, we can just act like we play and play, you know, like uh, playback kind of thing. You know, that that's that's a bit cooler. But when it's just me, first of all, it gets boring to watch. You know, but how much can I do? I mean, how much can you do? I'm doing the same poses and shit like that every time. Same thing goes for photo <laughs> sessions. You know, now I'm not a big fan of it, but uh, they want it. Do you ever? Do you ever go online and look through? I mean, because one of the things about being in a band or, you know, a celebrity, an actor or anything, these days especially, you know, you're in, your entire life is online with videos, like I said, with the music videos, mm. photographs and that. Do you ever find yourself going on and, and having a look? Because you've got your own personal time machine in front of you. I know you like to look forward rather than back, but mm. you know, because the temptation's there. 
I, I rarely watch uh, myself. My I know there's a lot, a lot of live videos from Freedom Aids and whatever I've mm. done in my career. I never see it. On, on, and this is honestly speaking, I fucking hate watching myself. Maybe that's why I hate what, doing videos. I never do it because I know that probably um, I probably will sing out a tune on some of them and stuff like that, you know, because it's live and, and we're only humans, right? Yeah. Well, that, it's not a thing I totally. I think it's it's kind of. Um, I mean, the internet and and the fact that people has free asset to go and check out what you did last night at the concert and stuff. It's kind of cool from a, from a fan's point of view. But then again, I think it takes away some of the excitement, you know, because they know exactly what songs you're going to play, unless you're mm. going to change your set list every fucking day, but yeah, most yeah. doesn't, right? Maybe we only have one or three songs, two or three songs we swap, you know, but I think a little, little of the excitement has gone, you know, because these days people know everything right away, you know, I remember when I was when I was uh, 15, 16 years old. I mean, uh, I was looking forward for every second week. I go, went to the local uh, store here that had the the English magazine called Kerrang. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was the hard rock bible for me back then. Yeah, definitely. Know? And uh, I was so much looking forward to there was something new about Ozzy Osbourne or Rainbow and what songs does he play live. When we <laughs> went to concerts, when I went to the first, you know, Thin Lizzy concerts, Rainbow concerts, whatsoever, and we were so excited to see what song you think they're going to start yeah, off with. yeah you know today people know right away you know it it, it, it takes a little bit of the excitement away from oh it. i completely agree because i remember going to gigs again through the 80s and exactly like you said ron you've got no idea what the set list was going to no. be or what no. the stage show was going to be or or anything at all and that excitement was there and one thing that pisses me off nowadays is you'll go to you'll go to a gig of of any genre and throughout the whole show, one of the last gigs I went to, there was somebody next to me, and through the entire show, they got the phone in front of them, and they were they were watching the show through their little screen in front when it was happening in, in front of them. It's like, no, put your phone away and, and get memories and remember it all. I mean, you, I tell you the truth, you know, I've, I've been on that stage and having like... Uh, 20 or 30 cameras oh, right yeah. in front of me. And, yeah, exactly. And I don't get it. And it pisses me off, to be honest with you, sometimes, you know, because, I mean, why, why do you come to see a live concert? Is that just, you just came to film it or mm. whatever? I mean, I, I, I just don't understand it. I, I really do not. Uh, I, I, I think it's okay if people, like, film a bit of it, you know, so I have some kind of a memory from that night or something like that. But some people are literally standing watching the concert through the iPhone, and I don't. I just don't get it. I Maybe know. I'm just old school. I don't know. I don't no. get it. No, me neither. Or turning your back to the stage. And I've seen this for two songs, just so you can take selfies of yourself with the bands <laughs> behind you. And it's like you're not even facing in the direction of the stage. I don't get that at all. I mean, from a <laughs> from a musician's or a singer's perspective, it's not really fun standing no. there with all those people standing like that. You know, I love playing live, but uh, I could be without that. But these are the times, and yeah. it is what it is. What's the state of play at the moment, then, Ronnie, as regards live shows? I mean, what's I know you've got a, you've got a couple of gigs coming up soon in Sweden, haven't you? But what yeah. what does this year look like for you as far as planning live shows? Well, I, I just I just it's also because this is just something I want to do because mm. I haven't been on a stage for two and a half years, yeah, partly yeah. because of illness and also because of COVID nineteen, right? Yes. Yeah. And um, so I just kind of said, this is a kind of a puzzle, you know, because the band 
uh, the, the band that plays on my records are like uh, from all kinds of bands, you know, from Sweden and Denmark, and there's some earlier pretty mates, previous pretty mates members and stuff like that. But they're all in other projects and stuff like that. So it's yeah. um, it's it's kind of a puzzle to make ends meet. Um, but uh, now I have a deal with those guys for like four or five concerts in May, and uh, I just gotta go out there and do it again. You know, that's that's you know I set goals for myself all the time. Mm-hmm. I set my goal to do the first album, to do the second album. Now I want to do this, and uh, and I have some other things uh, that I've been working on and stuff like that. But uh, I've, I've got to check out myself and see where I'm at because I lost twenty percent of my lung capacity. You know, and one thing is sitting home in here next to me, this room with my upright piano playing and mm-hmm. all my guitar writing songs, singing with my little French bulldog. That's one thing. And, and being in a studio, another thing is being on stage because yeah. uh, I definitely can make a, I, I, I can feel a change with my breathing. Um, I kind of train every day. I do cardio every day, like an hour and a half. In fact, I always did. And I, that probably, that's good for me, uh, you know, health-wise. But yeah. there, there is something, some, something has happened. I can feel it in my chest and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. that I lost physically 20% of my lung capacity. So, that's, so I'm, I've got to see where I am. I've got to learn how to pace myself, and, yeah. and I have to, you know. But I've just got to, ch- I'm curious. i just got to check it out. And if it goes all wrong, I'll just stick to recording, I guess. But uh, no, I'm determined to do it. So uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be good. Well, we said before we started recording, uh, because I'm in Wales and you haven't been to Wales since the 80s. I do hope at some point I get another chance to see you here in the UK live. Um, and, and failing that, just please continue to put out the music because both myself, everybody listening, you've, you've got a big audience that loves your music, Ronnie. So, yeah, if, as long as you keep making it, there's a lot of people that will keep buying it. I'm happy to hear that. And I, I promise you one thing, as long as I can, I will. That's, That's really because I said it's 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 what I got to I got to do it because I don't really have a lot of ideas ready you know to for something else I haven't made any decisions what I want to do next but uh, I'm a songwriter I write songs and when yeah. you do it you do it for a purpose you know you want to get them get them out of your system and uh, but it might be uh, I've also involved myself in another project I mean I got off and so but I haven't really made up my mind yet what what I want to do but I want to do these live shows. And yeah. um, I want to get this album out. I'm going to do some promotion. I'm doing promo right now, of course, mm-hmm. but I've got, got quite a lot of promo uh, next week or 10 days or something like that. Um, but, you know, about planning for me is so, everything is so much more complicated these days yeah. because every time I, if I just go to Hamburg, which is like two and two and a half hours from where I live, you know, um, but as soon as I go out of the country, I've got to seek for permission, seek for permission for insurance reasons uh, mm-hmm. uh, from SOS Denmark. It's called, you know, because otherwise I'm not insured, and that can be expensive. Oh yeah. So, and I've got to do that for every individual country I go into, kind of. So they go go in and check my journal for the last eight weeks with the oncologists, and it, if I just complained about a bad arm or something or whatever, you know, or a headache or something. Uh, I can have problems. So I, I got I live my life in intervals of three months, you know, because I can't yeah. plan too long out of the future. But also the promoters knows this. I mean, now I just uh, announced some concerts in, in Denmark and Sweden, and uh, the promoters, of course, are well aware of my situation. And, yeah. and if I have a setback, which I hopefully not will, will have, uh, then, then it is what it is, you know, that I can't do anything about it. But, uh, but I'm positive, man. I'm positive. I've got a positive mindset. And uh, let's go for it. I'm looking forward to it. 
Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that you've, you've got the attitude that you have, Ronnie. And like I said, that you're still continuing to pump out this, this awesome music. And hopefully we can record another show. You can tell me about the live shows in, in Denmark and Sweden and how they went and your next upcoming album. That would, that would be so good as well. I'd love to, Dave. Just set it up. I will do. I will do. Well, I could talk to you for hours, Ronnie, but I don't want to go over our time. But for the sake of the edit, we shall say goodbye. I will say to everybody listening to this, if for some reason you haven't heard any of Ronnie's music, we've talked about Pretty Maids, we've talked about Nordic Union. Um, well, don't even get me started on that. Because of us, that when that song came out, I played it so many times. I loved Because of Us and the whole album. And, and your solo stuff, please go, go and buy one shot. That's already out. This will be out uh, about a week before Make It Count is out. Pre-order it and buy it. And trust me, People that listen to these shows know my taste in music. If you like my taste in music, you're going to love Ronnie. So thank you, Ronnie. And for the sake of the edit, we shall say goodbye. And hopefully we'll talk again Dave. soon. Pleasure being here. Take care, Dave. Bye-bye. Nice to be on the show. Thanks, Ronnie. And the alarm bell, as always, brings to an end another interview show. I hope you enjoyed listening to that. Again, even half as much as I enjoy recording these interview shows. And again, you know the purpose of these shows and the Sound Check Em Out shows. Go and support these artists. Buy their music. Go and see them live. Buy the merch. Tell your friends about them too. Let's spread all this awesome rock music that is still out there. You can also help us. You can subscribe on the YouTube channel, again, of which this show will be a video show on there. Subscribe to the podcast. There's lots of different format shows that we do. Just go to 60mw.co.uk numerical 60 not alphabetical everything is on there there's links to our social media twitter and instagram are at 60mw podcast you can leave us a review you can join in with our world tour there are all sorts of things that you can do on there that is the hub of everything that we do what a perfect way to finish this show let's finish and we talked about it on the interview when we uh, we touched on the subject of abba it's the title track from ronnie's new album so sit back, turn it up and blast out the song Make It Count.